WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. And good Sunday morning and happy Mother's Day to everybody on this uh, Mother's Day Sunday. And welcome to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD, your South Shores radio station. Well, in the past, I have chatted with uh, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison's the uh, president of Jeep. I've talked to other CEOs of companies. We had uh, we had a, a guy on a couple weeks ago that is doing electric conversions for classic vehicles. But Gasoline is not dead, and one of the one of the most common questions I get, and I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to talk to our next guest. Um, one of the questions I get fairly often is, I have a classic car and I need to get the carburetor rebuilt. I go to a regular repair shop, and they're all about fuel injection. They're not so much about carburetors. And with us is Riley Schlick. She has a company called Riley's Rebuilds. And she rebuilds carburetors. And Riley, how old are you? I am seventeen. And uh, and a big Jeep enthusiast too, right? Very much. I have my own. It's ninety-five YJ's Jurassic Park themed. And uh, how did you? You know, you've you've been you've got a lot of nationwide recognition lately about um, your rebuilding company that you run out of the family garage, right? And you've been on, you've been, you were on, uh, you were on, um, what was it, All Girls Garage recently with, um, with Bogey? Yes, sir. And what was that like? It was amazing. It was a fantastic um, experience. It was with Bogey and Say, um, and I, I met them during SEMA, and instantly we all connected, and it was just so much fun. It, it showed me, like, that's the field I want to be in, that's what i love i love speaking i love being an enthusiast of cars and then i got to show off the skills of tuning a carburetor and uh bogey kind of interesting because she actually went to school to become a lawyer yes (laughs) yeah and then she ended up i think she ended up at uti she went to the through the bmw program and opened up a bmw specialty shop and uh then she's just become she's become a tv personality at this point um and and your business you run it with um three other girls right that is correct and uh, you know how how did how did i guess they and probably even their parents think about all of this when it all happened well, I've always been doing this since I was 13, and I've grown up with these girls through high school, so they've known of it um, before we went viral. Um, and then I'd always have them come in a couple times, just here and there, help me out with disassembling, and they'd make a quick couple dollars. Um, but once we went viral and I approached their parents saying that they could quit their jobs and make this their full-time job, their parents were all on board with it. Um, we live kind of close to everybody. We have minimum hours and uh, maximum dollar value. So they all loved it. The girls loved it because we have a couple car enthusiasts um, through our girls. And um, it was just a great learning experience for everybody. And now we do all these trips and all our Jeeps and cars are sponsored. So the parents love it. They don't have to pay for anything anymore um, as a car value. And, uh Yeah. 
And how did you first start to get into this? What was what what made you decide all of a sudden that you know somebody dropped off a you know Holly six fifty at the door and said, "Hey, can you rebuild this?" How did how did how did it work out? Yeah. So when I was thirteen, I wanted my first car. I wanted to be able to build it with my dad. I wanted to know if I had to pull over on the side of the road if something's broken, I'd be able to look at it and understand what's happening and how to fix it. Um, obviously, as a 13-year-old, you expect your parents to buy your first car, which I was very much mistaken. Um, my dad told me that I had to pay for my first car. And um, in Florida, that's where we're located, you cannot, uh, you cannot have a job till the age of 14, and that is public. That is our local grocery line. And it makes minimum wage, and it was not going to be able to make me the money I needed in order to buy a car very soon. So my dad, who is also a hobbyist in cars, said go into the garage, find something, and flip it. And the carburetor was on a shelf. I picked it up, asked him what it was. He explained what it was. I asked how much it made. He told me how much it would make if I um, made it really nice and resold it, and instantly I knew that was what I wanted to do. And you said make it really nice. So I assume you have a... um uh, some something to clean it with, an ultrasonic tank, maybe a powder blaster or something like that to get all the junk off of it, right? Yeah, exactly. We have a soda blast cabinet, and then we have an ultrasonic tank machine. And that way, when you pull it out of there, it all looks all nice and shiny and new, right? Looks all brand new, yep. And tell tell me your relationship with Endelbrock. Yeah, so when we first went by Endelbrock, like, instantly saw everything that was going on and they instantly were on board with us they were super nice super sweet they actually took us gave us courses they brought me for tours of all their facilities there's a couple different facilities in some different states um and then they gave us like personal numbers to reach out to and like i said they actually took the girls and i for a couple days um and they brought us through their employee courses of carburetors so we got to really know the depth of carburetors or like numbers and what they mean um and then just recently we actually signed a contract with Brock, so we are now or riley's rebuilds is now one of the first youth ambassadors um for Brock. And the the idea that you're doing something that, and I and I have a lot of involvement with vocational schools, and I am always thrilled whenever I see girls in automotive programs. In fact, uh, one of the girls that I worked with over the past couple of years, she actually opened up a Model T restoration shop, and she ran that for a couple of years until she finally got a little bit more involved with some other stuff, and now she's actually a patent researcher for automotive stuff, which is which is pretty which is pretty interesting how kind of one moved to the other. Now, your business also, besides the idea that you're selling and rebuilding carburetors, I noticed you have a pretty, uh, pretty substantial line of... Um, of hats and shirts and stuff too, right? <laughs> yeah, we have merchandise. And you know, from talking to other people that have that have uh, you know uh, good YouTube presence and stuff like that, some of the merchandise actually does better than um, than some of the other parts of the business. Now, are you also taking your business? You've mentioned a couple times how it's gone viral. Have have you taken your business to the point where you're doing uh, sort of instructional videos on YouTube, or are they just sort of garage visits? No, yeah, definitely. We. Um 
once we went viral, we actually started to shift more into car builds. So like I brought up, I have a 95YJ, so we got sponsored by a couple companies to do all, like, suspension and, like, all this work on the Jeeps. So we have a bunch of how-tos on how to um, put in parts of the Jeeps. And then we also bought a Fairlane, which is... Uh, and we are also doing how-to, so we did the drum brakes, we did some um, brakes and a little bit of some suspension, um, and that's all for YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And then the carburetors, we normally go live and we explain it, so we've had a couple high schools that we've gone live with and explained how to break down a carburetor, how to rebuild a carburetor on um, video with them on a step-by-step basis. And I, I have to ask, do you ever get any crap from people because you're a girl doing this i don't think it's more that i'm a girl doing it i think it's more of my age but i think because my presence and like my confidence and i what i know is what i know it's like what i do it's my life it's my job um it comes off very well to a lot of people so like sometimes people are skeptical and they'll call me and they're skeptical at first but then i explain everything and break down a carburetor or they're telling me this is a problem and i go all full detail and by the end of it they can trust me and they understand that i know what i'm doing and sometimes i do still have skeptical people and i'll just bring them to my dad right away my dad knows almost everything he is the guru on carburetors um so if a person is being skeptical or i want to say sexist but in a sense that i go straight yeah. to my dad it makes it makes sense um <laughs> do do you ever do you ever help people that have you know maybe they've sent you some carburetors for maybe they have a maybe they have a uh you know, big intake, and they're running like twin eight fifties on it or something. And do you ever say to them, "Hey, you know, this might be way too much fuel for this particular vehicle you're running." Have you helped people kind of theoretically tune the vehicle, even though you haven't seen it? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. That's actually a lot of our calls. Or because my personal number is on the page, that's how most people reach me. Um, they'll be like, "Oh, I have this car. I have this engine. I have these carburetors." this is what's happening and like we diagnose it or um when they're sending the carburetor to us they will write us a little note we tend to ask people to write us a note of like what's wrong if they they know what's wrong or um what's the cfm that they're producing um just so we can offer different levels because there is from 500 to 750s um and a lot of people do tend to go higher because they think their engine is bigger or um, needs more air. But in most times, going smaller, like a 600, is always the best route. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people who ever done any tuning work on a, a dynamometer uh, have found out that uh, what dynamometers do is really disappoint people. You know, they think that <laughs> they think that they're going to put more 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 fuel is better, and more fuel isn't always better. More fuel sometimes just produces less horsepower and uh, and and just isn't and just isn't good for it. So, I, when people send you carburetors, do they ever put like little gifts in the box? Oh, of course. We get those all the time. If it's um, a company base, we sometimes get, like, air fresheners, pins, like, postcard stickers. I love stickers, so we get a lot of stickers. Um, I've gotten shirts, towels, clocks, um, candy. We don't really tend to eat the candy unless it's, like, clothes, clothes. Yeah, I, but, um, 
But yeah, almost anything you can think of that like can be packaged up, uh, we pretty much get. It's it's awesome though. We we get a lot, and then we thank the person for it. Um, make a little video on unboxing them. Yeah, I mean that that has become that has become a lot. I know uh, you know anyone who you know ever either watched you know Finnegan's Garage or Faster by Finnegan, he'll do he'll do whole videos of unboxing you know T-shirts and you know ten millimeter sockets and stuff like that that he gets in the mail, and uh, it's just it's just fun to see all that stuff. And I bet the same thing with you when when someone sends you something that that shows that they appreciate you, I think must really kind of make your day go a whole lot better. Oh, definitely. The garage is always sweat hot and, like, sweaty, um, and it's normally after school and we're all a little tired. But if we get a little treat or something, we are so boosted, um, and it's always a smile on our faces. We got, we got to come down and put a split unit in your garage to chill it to chill it off in there so it's a little bit cooler. Well, we actually um, are – we just got sponsored by an air conditioning unit, so we're hopefully going to get that in here as the summer of Florida gets hotter. And uh, what kind of what kind of volume do you do? I saw I saw some of the uh, Instagram posts, and you were you were either dropping off or or picking up a whole truckload of carburetors. What, what kind of what kind of volume do you do over the course of you know uh, a month or so? Yeah, so that was a pickup because we just came back from Daytona, so we weren't. Um, I normally pick up about three a week. I mean, three a day, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and we do it in kind of a Congo line type deal, so we can get up to seven to ten done a day if we're really putting our heads to it. Um, normally we shoot for about 15 to 20 a week, so that's going to be about 40 to 60 a month. So that's a, that's that's a lot of carburetors to rebuild. Yeah, it is a lot. No, no wonder why you said you sent me a note last week and said you just totally spaced out because uh, – Two of your friends ended up; uh, they got COVID, and you were just in—you yeah. were in the garage working away. So hopefully, they're doing okay. Yeah, they are. They bounced back really quick. Um, we had finals this week too, so it was Daytona for a couple of days, COVID, and then we did our senior finals. And somewhere in there, prom maybe. Yeah, we had prom the twenty-second, I think. Um, so yeah, we we've had a lot going on and all our like senior stuff and we have graduation the twentieth, so our last day of school was this Friday. So I am officially on summer, so everything will chill out a little bit. So you get a little bit more time. So so what's up next for Riley? Yeah, definitely. So um we're looking I'm moving to college August twenty third. I'm going to Connecticut College. So I will be far away from Florida. We but you but you will be but you will be close to Andelbrook. Yeah, um, <laughs> a little bit closer than Florida. Um, and then we were promised a part in the engineering department um, for a soda blast cabinet machine and um, an ultrasonic tank. So I will probably be bringing up some of Riley's rebuilds. But I have a little brother who's going to be a freshman next year, and. Um, we are looking into bringing a new generation to Riley's Rebuild. There you go. And you're also in Connecticut. I think Moroso is in Connecticut, too. So yeah, maybe can, we have Moroso, yeah. which is not even 30 minutes away from my college, which is awesome. Um, and hopefully I will continue tuning some carburetors. Um, I, we are looking for a new um, car 
because my Jeep is a soft top, does not have heat, um, and the four-wheel drive is a little iffy. We are looking for a truck or something, so maybe we get a Riley's Rebuild truck um, and just run around doing some tunes. There you go. And and here's a Florida question for you. How do I get one of those big white Florida birds off the roof of my wife's Volkswagen convertible? The Sandhill Cranes? Yeah. It's sitting out there right now. Gotta, yeah. You just yeah. Gotta, like, pop out your chest and just make a lot of noise and just go straight at them. Uh, there, there you go. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, Riley, uh, for more information about Riley's Rebuild, where where do people go? What do they do? Yeah. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, it's all Riley's Rebuilds. If you want to either buy a carburetor, um, we have those options. And then the other option is you send us your carburetor and we will rebuild it for you. That's about $160. Um, it should it ships to us. Um, the shipping's included. And we rebuild anything, fix any parts that are broken, get it all clean and beautiful, and we send it to you in 14 days or less. That's $160. You can find those options on um, Riley's Rebuild Shopify. So if you just look up Riley's Rebuild on the Internet, it should be the second or third link there. And do you do you rebuild carburetors that aren't performance carburetors? I mean, if somebody has a, I don't know, a boat carburetor or something, do you rebuild those or are you kind of We speci- unfortunately do not. We um, kind of are only sticking to Evelbrox. We do a, a couple Autolites because Dagny's, one of our workers, are getting into that. And then Amelia does some Webers. Um, so we are on those three right now. Okay. So, uh, so it sounds like you, it sounds like you got. I mean, walking through, I, I I've been going to a Cars and Coffee, um, probably not all that far from you in Venice, and uh, you walk through there, and there's an awful lot of awful lot of uh, Endelbrock products on people's cars. So, a lot of them probably need to get some uh, get some work done. So, yeah, we um, actually went to Cars and Coffee yesterday, um, close to my house, and uh, we. I just walked around, looked at all the hot rods, and was like, oh, but they've got a bar carburetor. I give them my card. There you go. Hey, Riley, I want to thank you for, uh, you know, doing what you're doing for the old car hobby. I think the idea of... Um, you know, I, I remember I remember years ago the guy who used to own Hemmings Motor News, Terry Eric. Um, he always used to say, you know, bring a kid to a car show, and you know you'll end up being interested in what's going on. And the idea that you've done this, you brought the enthusiasm level in, and turned it into a real business is pretty phenomenal. And the idea that you've done it at 17 years old is even more phenomenal. And congratulations on that. Thank you. Well, uh, again, for more information, just uh, uh, just Google uh, Riley's Rebuilds. You'll find it on the interwebs, and they can uh, you can find out more information. And if you if you don't need a carburetor rebuilt, buy a T-shirt, right? Yep, exactly. There you, there you go, Riley. Thanks for taking a little time out of your uh, Sunday morning and joining us on the Car Doctor program. Well, thank you for having me. All right, take care. Bye bye. That was Riley. That was Riley Schlick. Uh, Riley's rebuilds. Check it out. Pretty phenomenal. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk with uh, somebody from Ford about the new Ford Raptor, but not the one you're thinking about. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on 95.9 WATD. We'll be right back. Yes, I'm gonna be a star.
AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Hi, my name is Peter. And my name is Owen. We are both parishioners at St. Christine's Church. We would like to invite you to come join us for a kids' night drop-off on Friday, May 19th at our parish hall on Main Street in Marshfield. The party will be at 5.30 to 8 p.m. There will be board games, pizza, and music. For more information, call or text 617-270-6054. Hope to see you there. Won't you step into the light? Hi, I'm Dan Chauvin. Step into the light and tune into Twilight Showcase Radio, hosted by Sandy Stride and Keith James on 95.9 WATD and 95.9 WATD.com. Search for Twilight Showcase on Facebook and visit twilightshowcase.org. Twilight Showcase, tomorrow night from 7 to 9 on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the car doctor program on 95.9 WATD. Again, uh, Riley's pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, I wish I was that smart at 17. I wish I was that smart at whatever age I am now. So, and I know I'm not, so... Hey, with us, uh, I had the I had the chance to uh, chat with uh, somebody from Ford, and uh, I'm not going to try to pretend this is a live interview because that never works out well. The quality's not the same. But I had the uh, I had the uh, chance to chat on the phone a little bit with uh, Gretchen Sauer. She's the marketing manager for the Ford Ranger, and uh, Gretchen, from what I hear, the Ford Ranger has something hot under the hood. Can you tell us about it? Oh, we are so excited to introduce the Ranger Raptor, which is our um, our off-road high-performance truck, which will have a three-liter EcoBoost V6 underneath the hood. And uh, the three-liter EcoBoost V6 is a pretty potent engine. What's the horsepower on uh, in this particular vehicle? So we're going to have best-in-class 405 horsepower and 430 pound-feet of torque. That's pretty amazing in, a, in what... I guess is still considered a compact truck, right? So this midsize truck is certainly going to be ready for off-road. It's certainly going to be ready for taking it to the dunes and taking it to the trails and just absolutely tearing it up in the dirt. And it's it's interesting that and I used and I used it, the term compact truck because years ago the Ranger was a compact truck and a lot of people still kind of think of it that way. But the Ranger is actually, like you pointed out, really a midsize truck now, right? That's right. But you know what it provides to you? It's all about garageability. Our customers told us, you know, as we were preparing for this vehicle, that they needed something that fit in their garage, it fit in parking decks, it fit in the city and then on the trails. And so Ranger and especially Ranger Raptor being less than uh, 80 inches wide is certainly going to fit in those garages as needed. And the Raptor, the F-150 Raptor is a very impressive truck. Uh, And it is really one of those trucks that you can 
It looks great on the street, but it looks really good off-road as well. Uh, are we going to see the same type of capability with the Ranger Raptor? Oh, you certainly will. I mean, Ranger Raptor, as I said, you've got the three liter V6. You're also going to have an advanced four wheel drive system that's going to um, give you all of that off-road power. You're certainly going to have, um, you know, the all new electronically controlled on demand two speed transfer case, but probably more importantly, um, you're going to have front and rear locking differentials as well, which is gonna give you that off-road capability uh, and transfer the power where you need it to. So for somebody who isn't maybe that competent off-road, it sounds like there's a, there's enough electronic wizardry in this to uh, even take an, an amateur and let them uh, go to places that they've never been before. Oh, that's certainly right. I mean, the, the Ranger Raptor is going to allow anyone, I don't care if you're a seasoned pro in off-roading or if you're a novice in off-roading, you're going to be able to get behind the wheel and absolutely have fun. Get to that secluded fishing spot, get to the awesome sunrise, uh, sunrise view and have a ball behind the wheel while you're doing it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people use trucks as towing vehicles and um, is does the... Uh, Ranger have um, good towing capability too? Absolutely. So you can tow up to 7,500 pounds on the Ranger and you'll have up to 1,805 pounds of payload on the Ranger as well. So certainly capable of carrying that small boat, jet skis, camping trailer out to, to the adventure to take on. So at, at that type of at that type of capability, it sounds like it's you can tow more than just a small boat. It sounds it sounds like it sounds like it's a, a very competent truck. And you know the the Raptor is what is really kind of making the Rangers special for right now. When will consumers be able to see the Raptor? When will they be able to order one? In fact, how are, how is ordering going in general? Uh, how uh, can you speak a little bit about maybe uh, supply chain issues or semiconductor issues that come along with new vehicle introductions? So what I can tell you is that we just unveiled the Ranger and the Ranger Raptor. So if you watch the Kentucky Derby, you might have seen a sneak peek of that Ranger and the Ranger Raptor uh, during one of the commercial breaks. We are unveiling to the public everything about the all new Ranger on Wednesday, May 10th. And then if you want to spec out your Ranger, um, you want to see what, it, what the options are, what the pricing will be, uh, that will all be available at the end of May. So um, for your customers who are looking to, to take a look certainly log on to ford.com at the end of may get to your dealership submit your order and then we will have ranger on sale and ranger raptor on sale at late summer so it is coming up here soon was that you at the derby in the funny hat i wish that would have been awesome <laughs> but no i was working behind the scenes here uh telling uh the story of ranger well, I think Ranger, you know, Ranger, as well as the other Ford products, whether it's F-150 or F-150 Lightning, uh, certainly there's a lot to tell at Ford right now. And easy enough that people want to find more information, whether it's uh, Mach-E, traditional Mustang, uh, all of the SUVs or the pickup trucks, Ranger, F-150, F-150 Lightning, Ford.com is the easiest place to go. Ford.com is the easiest place to go. If you want to take a look at Ranger information, Ford.com slash Ranger Ready is the place to go. Gretchen, I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your day and joining us. Awesome. Thanks so much, John. I appreciate your time. And that was uh, Gretchen Sauer. She's the marketing manager for Ford 
Ranger and especially the Raptor. And the Raptor sounds sounds really interesting. The idea that they're putting that uh, twin turbocharged V6 engine in there is going to give it all kinds of performance. That that's a pretty gutsy engine in that car. So that's in that truck. So that's going to be pretty interesting to see. Um, speaking of interesting vehicles, we need to talk about the vehicle that got me around. Oh, it was a little while ago now, but I don't think we ever talked about it. And that's the all new BMW XM. And the BMW BMW has a new high-performance SUV with more power than most drivers will probably ever need. While it competes in the market with, like, the Porsche Cayenne or Maserati or, you know, premium SUVs like that, the XM is a plug-in hybrid that is available with only one engine and one transmission. And it comes in only one trim level. Other BMWs, uh, M models, you know, the X3 four, five, six, whatever, have various performance levels to choose from. The XM right now comes with a twin turbocharged plug-in hybrid drivetrain that develops a pretty impressive 644 horsepower and 590 pound-feet of torque, and it powers all four wheels to an eight-speed transmission. It's powerful, it's sporty, but if you have a desire for a little bit more, you can wait until 2024 when BMW introduced something called the Label Red Edition. Uh, That model will use the twin turbocharged V8 engine combined with a high performance electric motor that develops uh you know what could be called maybe even a little bit more ridiculous 738 horsepower and 738 pound feet of torque uh which should go to 60 miles an hour in about 3.7 seconds uh this is a big powerful vehicle weighing over you know just over three tons so a little over six thousand pounds uh with good overall handling powerful brakes and little body roll and turn the ride's firm but um perhaps too firm for less than perfect northeast roads uh even here where i am right now i felt every pothole and crack in the asphalt the engine uh, has a tunable exhaust that goes from fairly quiet to raucous uh, and even in EV mode can produce V8 sound in the cabin, which to me sounds kind of silly, but I guess if you want it, you have it. Uh, two push buttons on the steering wheel allow for the driver to preset uh, driving modes. For example, one can be set for eco mode with a softer ride and lighter steering. The other can be set to loud exhaust, sport performance, and minimum traction control. Since this is a plug-in hybrid, there is a full electric mode. BMW claims about 30 miles of EV range. You'll need a full night to charge uh, using standard house current, about four hours to charge with level 240-volt charging. I did go to the local level 2 charging station. I let it sit there for about an hour or so um, while I wandered around and got a few miles back into a level two. This is a pretty big battery in this vehicle, even though it's only about 30 miles of range. The cabin's interesting but weird. Uh, The roof has this recessed panel with lights around the edge. Um, It kind of reminds me of like if you've ever been in a really fancy limousine that has kind of lights around the top of it, sort of stage lights on the roof, I guess. Um, sort of weird, and it has this weird kind of look to the the headliner. Just sort of seems odd. Um, nice, but odd. The rear se- seating area is referred to as a lounge area where the seatbacks sort of cradle the passengers and uh, the... Uh, it's kind of interesting. The charging cable fits into an interior matching leather satchel. So as fancy as the seats are, there's this like leather bag that you put the charging cable in. Um, I felt kind of 
guilty, you know, because I wanted to clean clean the charging cable off before I put it away because it looks so neat in its little bag back there. My biggest complaint I have was with the infotainment system. Uh, overall, I just found it too difficult to use. BMW's been known for their iDrive You Crazy systems. Uh, this is iDrive, I don't know, multiple systems later. Um, I just found it too difficult to use safely. Uh, having the use of a combination voice command and the iDrive and touchscreen, I just think causes confusion. For example, when adjusting the climate control to anything other than automatic requires you to access a menu with a dizzying array of options. It just took too many steps to get the fan speed up when a simple knob would do. Although the voice command system did work pretty well, but even voice command isn't distraction free when you tell when you tell a car to do something or when you tell your smart speaker to tune to WATD or whatever the case is you always wait a few seconds to see if it actually happens no one actually thinks it's really going to work until it actually works and the same thing kind of happens when you do that inside uh, a car when you tell it to you know get a new you know radio channel or you know adjust the climate control or um, you know, different directions. You sort of wait and you're distracted even though you haven't touched anything. So a couple of knobs and buttons would be nice. Uh, there's plenty of cup holders, cubbies, a large, pretty good center console. The glove compartment, which has this big door, isn't really all that roomy inside. Once you put the owner's manual in there, there's not a ton of other room. The rear cargo area is fairly large at 64 cubic feet with the rear seat folded. The front seats have uh, many adjustable positions, including side bolsters and massage functions. Once the seat was adjusted, I, I found it comfortable and supportive, although my wife never never actually found a suitable seating position. She always said, no, it's not, it's not, she didn't quite find it. And the other thing, I found the shifter was frustrating, although it looked like a conventional shifter. It toggled from park to reverse to drive to manual shift mode. I found myself struggling on several occasions when I backed out of a parking space to shift into drive. I'm sure it would come familiar over time, but something like uh, a basic function like shifting shouldn't require a learning curve. Um, the BMW XM is not a vehicle for everyone. It's big, it's powerful, it's expensive, and also has a base price of $160,000. It's likely to be of interest only a few in a market of a hybrid or sporty SUV. And um, if you want to see pictures of it and pictures of some of the other cars that I've driven, you can check out the photos on my Instagram page. Go to uh, just go to Instagram, look for John F. Paul. You'll find you'll find the pictures on Instagram. Not a lot of commentary because it's Instagram, so I just post pictures is all I do with it. So um, if you want to join us and talk about your car, your car problems, you can always call us at 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900 is how you get through and talk to us. I saw an interesting article. Um, there's been... Um, some a lot in the news lately about these Kia and Hyundai thefts and you know how you should go get the new software upgrade that requires the key to be there for the car to start but uh New York City's handing out 500 free Apple iTags um AirTags to help people fight the epidemic of stolen Hyundais and Kias I don't know how that other works other than you find the car back but um 
The uh, mayor said at a press conference last week that the city, like others around the country, has seen a rise in car thefts linked to this viral TikTok videos on how easy it is to steal some Hyundais and Kias using a USB cable and other common tools. The USB cable has nothing to do with stealing them, by the way. It makes it, I think that's what actually made the, the, um, the video go viral because People thought it was something you were sticking this thing in and you were hooking it up to your phone and it was magically, you know, no, it's, it didn't have anything to do with that. Uh, but you'll see a, a spike that uh, we're experiencing is a large part of what's happened in social media. New York uh, Police Department officials said it knew of 960 stolen Hyundais and Kias so far in 2023, uh, which is already more than the 819 reported last year. Um, Hyundais and Kias account for about 20% of the, all the stolen vehicles in the city. Um, the mayor said police wouldn't automatically be able to track the air tags being given away. The vehicle owner would have to report the theft to NYPD and then give permission to track the air tags, which cost $29 each and was donated by the nonprofit association Better New York. Uh, Hyundai and Kia is offering software upgrades to the 8.3 million vehicles to make them less vulnerable to theft. Adams said in April the city planned to join the ongoing litigation against Hyundai and Kia. It's kind of interesting that, you know, anybody who's been around cars for a long time knows that, you know, some cars were always pretty easy to steal. Honda Accords, the way the ignition switch would work if you had a, if you had a, uh, uh, you know, these were years ago, um, the keys were pretty sloppy, and, you know, half a dozen keys, you'd find one that would work. I think everybody's heard of some story that someone got in a, you know, I don't know, GM car, and they started it up and drove home and then realized it wasn't their car when they got home. Um, you know, theft can happen, and, you know, uh, a good anti-theft system, a kill switch, still an old-fashioned kill switch that you, you hide under the car somewhere that could either disable the fuel pump or disable the ignition system. Of course, you still end up with a car with a smashed ignition, but uh, you find out the car doesn't start. Uh, some police departments were handing out uh, steering wheel locks, the club kind of thing, which I'm not quite sure how well they really worked, but... There's a, you know, Volkswagen certainly ran into a lot of problems with um, what they call Dieselgate, where Volkswagen cheated on emissions testing uh, by uh, disabling um, part of the emissions control system. And uh, it it used illegal software to cheat on emissions tests. But the former CEO, Rupert Stradler, is ready to confess about his role in the Volkswagen Group's diesel emission scandals in exchange for a suspended sentence and a payment of uh, $1.21 his defense team said last week. Stadler was charged in 2020 after Audi's parent company Volkswagen admitted in 2015 to having used illegal software to cheat on emissions tests, coding a prosecutor's engineers manipulated engines so they could comply with legal exhaust emissions values on uh, the test bench, but not on the road. Stadler was accused of failing to stop the sale of affected vehicles in Europe after U.S. authorities uncovered the engine rigging. Um, he also maintained his innocence. Stadler was CEO from 20, 2007 to 18. Uh, the brand is regarded as originating emissions manipulation software. Stadler's defense team said in a statement uh, that would be made sometime in the next couple of weeks after a judge decides whether it amounts to a complete confession. Uh, prosecutors had agreed to the deal. Judge said Stadler faced a prison sentence of a year and a half to two years, which would be suspended if he agreed to confess. 
he's been on trial with three others. So kind of kind of interesting in all of that. Um, electric vehicles are always in the news. We talk about them all the time. GMC's uh, breakout year, according to an article uh, for EVs and key gasoline vehicles. General, so apparently gasoline isn't dead. Uh, and I don't think it ever will be, by the way. I have my own views on that, but I don't think it ever will be. Um, I don't, you know, electric vehicles, even if you end up with faster charging and on-road charging and things like that, um, not so sure. But General Motors has an optimistic outlook for itself in 2023, raising its earnings projections on the strength of its core automotive business and the upcoming launch of multiple new gas-powered and electric vehicles. The automaker last week said it would raise its full-year uh, guidance for adjusted earnings before interest and taxes by uh, half a billion dollars uh, to a range of about $11 billion to about $13 billion. Uh, executives said the demand and pricing has been steady so far this year as they look ahead to the launch of key new vehicles, including premium trucks, which make lots of money, entry-level crossovers, which don't make as much, and mainstream EVs. GM also stressed the importance of reining in costs as it scales its transition to electric vehicles. The company this year expects to see uh, nearly half of its $2 billion in cost reduction it wants to achieve through 2024. About 5,000 salary employees opted to leave the company through voluntary buyouts, and GM is looking to simplify its operations and reduce discretionary costs such as travel and marketing budgets. At the same time, um, you know, things, things will, you know, they'll emphasize some other parts of the business. Um, and it's sort of interesting, and I haven't read the whole story yet, but it sounds like Ford is going to separate their business. First, it, first Ford said they would not separate their electric vehicle business from their gasoline-powered business. But now it sounds like what I just at least read a news story the other day that said, in fact, they were going to do that. So I'm a little confused over what's going to go on. And uh, the other thing that I'm a little confused on is why vehicle manufacturers are suddenly they, they don't want to have CarPlay in a car anymore. And CarPlay is kind of if you if you're not familiar with it, if you have an Apple phone and you have you can you can hook up Apple CarPlay so your phone uh syncs in with your car so you can either use your navigation system in your phone or your music or you know stream stuff directly to your car. Um some vehicle manufacturers have decided not to do that. General Motors decision to ditch Apple CarPlay in its new electric vehicles is part of a um, larger battle for control of the vehicle infotainment center. Well, the infotainment center is sort of what the manufacturers learn about you. And maybe this is part of it. Um, you know, I remember years ago, and they may have been on our program, that uh, a GM executive said that he wants to be able to get to the point where if you tag a song, whether it's on the regular radio, satellite radio, Pandora, Spotify, whatever the case is, that they want to be able to sell that information to, say, like a ticket supplier. So if all of a sudden that particular artist is coming to, Jesse, what do they call Great Woods these days? What do they call what? Great Woods. Great Woods? Yeah, what do they call that? What's the music... Comcast Center, Xfinity Center, what do they call it? Oh, was it Great Woods at one point? Um, I believe it's the Xfinity Center now. Yeah, is that what it is? See, I'm I'm old. I still call it Great Woods. You know, but anyway. The the oldest, I I think, was like the 
was it the Tweeter Center or something like that? It might have been. And then not it was the, then it was not the, Comcast. Not the, twi- was not, the, not, the, not the Twitter Center, that's for sure. No, no, no. No. But no, it was called Great Woods once. It was a Great Woods like center for I don't know, something, performing arts or something yeah, like that. that. Was so, my time. so I I know it's tough to be young. Even though you've been even though you've been on the radio for like a hundred years, you know, you still yeah, know somehow I've done that. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, GM wants to get to the point where they can actually market directly to you, so they can know that, for instance, your, um, you know, if there's a certain artist you like, that you know, uh, you know, you'll get you'll get an offer for maybe discounted tickets in the mail, uh, or uh, you uh, use your phone to order from you know, Dunkin' Donuts, and they'll know that. Oh, wait! Every day at this time, you typically go here. And we'll send you something. So your car can be pretty smart. It can send you a lot of, it can send and sell a lot of information about you. And that's probably why GM wants control. And they're going to be, uh, you know, you know, not having Apple CarPlay and Android Auto with standard feature. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where it's going to go. Uh, like I said, your car can, you, you know, whatever can be measured in your car can be can be transmitted. So for instance, if you uh, you know, I, I joked with people about this once. You know, you have an airbag sensor in your car. Your airbag sensor measures how much you weigh, and it can it can deploy the airbag at certain speeds based on the weight of the occupant in the car. Maybe as you're going into, you know, your normal routine of getting a a, a large coffee roll and a and an extra large coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, uh, you get a little reminder on the on the screen that says, "Hey, you put on a couple pounds. You might want to skip the coffee roll this week." You never know. It could, you know, crazier stuff can happen with electronics in cars. Um, so, you know, you just, uh, you know, could it could it happen? Could it happen to you in your car? I don't know. It it's you know anything. Certainly, anything's possible these days with you know the electronics that are in cars. So, you know, you just you kind of you just sort of kind of need to be aware of that. I guess is the only way to look at it. Um, our phone number again: seven eight one. Eight three seven forty nine hundred. If you would like to join us, phone lines are open. This is a live program. It is, it is Mother's Day. It's uh, Sunday, Mother's Day. I know everybody's pretty busy on this day, um, but some of the emails that came in today have to do with a Mazda, uh, a Hyundai, which is a problem. So we'll talk about those. That music means it's time for us to take a break. Why don't we do that? You're listening to Car Doctor Program in ninety five nine WATD. We'll be right back. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. We're Kia South. 
offering the same great customer sales and service you expect from a Quirk dealership. Come in, browse their well-stocked lot, and drive home in a brand-new Kia, like the 2023 Kia Forte or the 2023 Kia Sportage. And the Quirk service department will be available to you for the lifetime of your vehicle. Quirk Kia South works for you. Quirk Kia, 923 Plain Street, Marshfield, just off Route 3 at the new Exit 27. Visit QuirkKiaMarshfield.com. Don't miss the Just Steph show every Monday night from 8 to 10 p.m. for fun guests and tips on living your best life every day. I'm bringing sexy back to Monday nights. Tomorrow night from 8 to 10 on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor on 95.9 WATD. Now back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on 95.9 WATD. So uh, somebody wrote to me just this morning and said they had a 2015 Mazda CX-5. The USB charging port located in the console has failed. Do you have any troubleshooting tips? Uh, There's a whole set procedure to look at that. And you basically use an old meter and you look for continuity between the circuit but once I ruled out that there was power getting to it, so make sure the fuses are good. You didn't do something just like blow a fuse. Um, what usually goes wrong is just the it's the it's the USB plug itself is usually bad, and it's a pretty simple repair. Um, you take part of the, the where it's mounted off, and then it just pops in from behind. Wire plug to the back of it, pretty simple. Um, so. And it's not real expensive, so maybe if you wanted to try to DIY it yourself and you didn't have an ohm meter, you could just take it shot at. The plug itself is just bad, but I would just run through all the fuses, make sure they're good before I went and spent the money on it. But usually that is more the case than any sort of wiring issue, especially with a car that's, I mean, it's a 2015, which to me sounds new, but realistically it's eight years old. Uh, but still, you know, how how much... You know, usually what happens is you plug stuff into it all the time, and it eventually it just wears out. So, uh, go and get a new one, I guess. Uh, somebody, uh, somebody who reads my column uh, said we have a 2018 Subaru Outback with 29,000 miles. Uh, they're in their 70s. They don't drive too much. Twice a week, they shuttle their granddaughters to school and an occasional longer trip. We've noticed a noise upon accelerating, not loud but noticeable, like a murr which they use an M and a bunch of R's. Uh, When you let up on the gas, uh, it goes away, hoping it's not the transmission. Crawled under the car thinking it might be a muffler or tailpipe, but really can't tell. Hope you can give us some thoughts on how to proceed. We've always had a service at the dealer, oil changes, etc. Hate to go there and waste four hours and maybe a lot of money. Uh, The Subaru has been a great car. For us and his plan, and for us and plan to uh, keep it for another few years. Um, there yeah. has been a. C- oh, I'm sorry. We have uh, Jim from North Reading on the line. All right. Uh, let me just answer the question, and we'll get to you in a minute, there, Jim. Uh, there's been a couple of driveline-related questions, uh, but usually only in case of extreme use, which it doesn't sound like this is. More than likely, it's probably a heat shield that's vibrating at certain speeds. The exhaust system in this vehicle has heat shields that cover pretty much the whole exhaust. Engine RPMs can cause it to vibrate. Remember, everything vibrates, even a even a uh, you know uh, you know no matter what it is, motors vibrate, engines vibrate. Um, 
you know, even a gyroscope has a vibration in it at, at certain speeds. So uh, everything will vibrate. If it's a little bit loose, a little bit weird, uh, it could that could be it, probably what's causing the problem. But I would I would bring it in next time you bring it in for an oil change, mention it to them, have them look at it, see if there is something. There is no technical service bulletins about uh, uh, any kind of exhaust vibration, but uh, based on experience, I would say that's it. Let's talk to uh, Jim from uh, North Reading. Jim. Hello, Paul. Nice to talk to you. Well, nice to talk to you uh, John, as well. John. Yeah, yeah close um, to you. I, I knew what you meant, in spite of what you said. Okay, thank you. I still get nervous talking on the radio. Uh, so do I. I. Oh, I have an 07 Camry that has no power door locks, and I decided, yep. oh, I found some actuators. I'd put them in, and I'd have power door locks on the door, except when I open up the door, it doesn't have the normal... Um, wire that you would, you know, the metal bar that you would hook the actuators onto, it's got this flexible cable. And I don't know if there's any way that I could retrofit those. If you have any ideas, I have to actually buy something that adapts to the pot, to these. I, I'm, I'm, I'd like yeah. to have door locks on it. Yeah, I, I can understand how you would, but I think you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to be able to rig up some kind of uh, a little frame that's going to hold the actuator in place so it can manipulate the locks and uh that to me i mean anything's possible you know i i I always say with enough time talent and money you can do anything i mean you can put power door locks on a you know 1938 buick if you want but um you know it's gonna it's gonna require a a fair amount of effort to do this and i guess what i would want to do is i'd want to see an exploded view of the same car with power door locks see what's there you know compared to what's there with the power door lock door and see what's there with the one without power door locks and see if it's see what's see what's completely different about them you know it may be it may be that there's nothing more than a bracket it may be a it may be a, a bracket and a lever. Chances are that's what it is. But um, that's what I would want to do. I would want to. I would want to try to, you know, uh, look and try to find a picture of what the power door lock actuator and mechanism looks like on a car with power door locks, and then compare it to what you have and kind of go, oh, I can make up this bracket, or I can do this, and then I can run power to it. Um, you know, th- you know, runs. You know, do you have? Is there? Do you have power windows in the car? No, no. no. So, so it's you're going to have to. Yeah. So you're going to have to run uh, power feed to the doors. You're going to have to run some some sort of master switch, unless you just want to do the driver's door. Um, well, it it it, it, came, it came with all the wiring that I I knew I would have to do that. Yeah. But I mean, your idea was a great suggestion, though. I will try and do that. But the cable goes actually into a enclosed box sort of type feature that I can't even see what operates the mechanism yeah, and, and, and that And that is sort of an anti-theft feature. That way it makes it harder to slim jim the door. Okay. So that's why, that's, they, kind of, that's why they kind of block that so you can't get yeah. in there with a flat slim jim like they used to years ago. So, yep. uh, but I would, yeah, I would look at, I would look at kind of exploded views and see what's different between your car and, a, and, and one with power locks and then just kind of go from there. Good idea. Thank you. Okay, very much. sure, sure thing. All right, thanks, Jim. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
Let's see. We got a couple minutes left. Why don't we go over one more kind of oddball question? And not really an oddball question. Got uh, and this person actually sent me a, a video that go along with it. Person has a 2007 Hyundai Santa Fe. Uh, back in uh, 2007 Hyundai Santa Fe. Back in 2015, 16, 17, something like that. They got a recall notice about premature rusting. They went to the dealer. They applied some rust proofing stuff, and they said everything looked fine. I guess their wife was driving the car last week, felt like it was shaking and vibrating. The whole front subframe had completely rotted away, and um, they want to know what Hyundai's going to do about it. That's going to be a tough one because there is some, you know, they're, they're only really responsible for the extent of the warranty, which is probably, in this case, seven years. Uh, no mileage, but probably seven years, which is typical rust-through warranty on, on Hyundai and Kia products. Um, the question is, did they apply the rust-proofing material and did they inspect the car properly? I would guess no, because what they needed to do, they needed to really pull the subframe down. And, the, uh, and if the metal was in good shape back then, all this rust-proofing and waxing and everything should have prevented any further damage. So there you go. Hey, that music means we need to go. I want to remind everybody, wish everybody a happy Mother's Day because it is Mother's Day after all. And until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.